0: Verse 10 says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Moran. And he lighted upon a certain place, tarried there all night. Man, maybe that's our problem. We just don't stay long enough. Uh, I'll preach another service. I'll put that one back here. Verse number 10. Because the sun set, and he took the stones from that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed a dream. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, my father, and the God of Jacob, Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee I will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, and this is what somebody might need right now. I am with thee. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord." Praise the Lord. And I will keep thee in all places. his compassion. <clears throat> he sent me to tell you, he sent me to tell you through the apple of his eye. And then he loves you more than he loves anything in the universe. You
1: worse. He sent
0: me tell if it matters to you, it matters to him. I'm here to tell you today that the ladder closes up and the pros of God, the he doesn't stay there, he reaches all the way down. I oh, to man the I with oh. God, the Lord of all the same. to help me preach. Now I'm not going to be Brother Shepard saying I'll go right I'm not going to say anything like that. I need somebody to help me preach. Now. Will you help me preach? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Foundations of our heritage Yes. don't begin at Zeus's Street foundation of our heritage doesn't begin in the second great awakening. Does it doesn't begin in pinnacles. I know that's that. But what, our foundations of our faith go much further than this. The foundation of our faith, what we believe, the God that we serve, transcends Daniel in the lion's den, it transcends Samson, it transcends the judges, yes, David the Goliath, it goes all the way back further, much further to a man named Abraham. The Bible calls him out of Ur of the Chaldees, he says, go to a land that I'll prepare for you, and I'll make thee a father of many nations. He takes him to a place called Mount Moriah, says, I want you to offer your son, your only son. There's something I said would be the son of promise that I want you to offer. And we all know the story. I don't have to go through all of it. But there on Mount Moriah, God makes a way for Isaac. Forty some odd years later, Abraham is told his servant, I want you to go and get my son Isaac a wife." And he goes and he does what he's supposed to do. And the Bible lets us know, in the book of Genesis, that as they were coming back, they were uh, traveling back from her father's house, that Isaac was in a field. And he was meditating, that word being praying And that's when God provided life. sages of old will tell you that both of these things transpired at the same point. We're going to give sticks and bricks and a little We're just pouring a foundation right here for a few minutes. And he said, the Lord, Jehovah, is in this place. Now, I want you to understand that there's a distinction from what he says. He says, the Lord, who is named Jehovah, is in this place. But then he said, this is the house of Elohim, one indivisible God with a dual nature. Now understand, I'm not saying there's dualism and there's two persons, no. I'm saying there's one indivisible God. John said, when I looked into the heaven, I saw one that sat upon the throne. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is, yes. one Lord. But there is one indivis- indivisible God with a dual nature. And it is here at Bethel that Jacob has a revelation. That the God he has heard about as the Creator, as Elohim, that's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, that Elohim that spoke all things in the creation, he's just the same God that's highly involved in the goings on of his life. It says, Elohim, this is the house of the Creator. This is the house of the one who spoke it all into existence, but when he saw him standing on the top of that ladder, he says, that is Jehovah. That is the Lord. Where does that name come from? We have to go to the book of Exodus chapter number three. And Moses said to God, behold, when I have come to the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers. Have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God, Elohim, said unto Moses, I am that I am. is And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am, or Ayah. Had sent me unto you. Understand that the name that was given that day cannot be spoken in the Hebrew today. And we only get four letters. It says a of time. Yo, hey, pop, hey, Jehovah. That's where we get the name. It could not be spoken. It was a special name. It was a different name. It was a name that implied that God would work and that God would do what He would do and be whatever He needed. Him to be. It was the true nature of God, not only is he the creator, but he's also the God that gets involved in the and the God that gets involved in the mess, who's the God who will step down to the heavens, put down the ladder, and be a situation and a way. Amen. Abraham discovered. That the Creator is also the one that involved Himself in Abraham's affairs. You see, the Creator God Elohim from Genesis one and one is the one who created the heaven and earth. But Abraham, that father of faith, is the one who discovered that the Creator in heaven is the same that is in earth. That's why he called him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's what the Bible says. that Gideon said, "He's Jehovah, Jehovah." Because the Lord is my pizza, that's why the Bible said He's Jehovah Mishi, He's my banner. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that He will be. I want you to know that God is involved in your life. Amen. This is a far different ideology than anyone else in Abraham's day had ever thought of, whether it be the Egyptian or the Canaanite or the Greek from Egypt to Norway the world's religions always include an original God from whom all things began but that Godhead in all of the pantheism of the world remained entirely aloof from the whole hierarchy after all for a God to get involved in the petty world that arose from his creation would not be worth his time I'm lost some of oh, you. Wake up. Hello. You <laughs> all the religions of the world, their gods don't have the time of day for their people. No. Oh, Pantheism and idolatry arose in days of old by separating these two manifestations of the same God. They took that one God who was in the beginning and they made him collect a four-footed beast. They turned him in to forces of nature. The ancients created from an understanding of the sophisticated pantheon of divine beings. They, that's why they gave gods like Amun-Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun, and Hopi, the god of the Nile, and Allah, the pre-Islamic moon god, and Kamas, the god of war, and Dagon, the god of fertility. They created gods they didn't have time it was unusual in Abraham's day for a God to get involved when Moses went to meet Pharaoh in Egypt in Exodus 5 and 2 he says to Pharaoh let my people go, that we may worship the Lord and Pharaoh responded who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Can I present to you tonight that Pharaoh didn't deny the existence of Jehovah. For he knew many gods. Rather, he questioned why Jehovah would want to interfere in Abraham's affairs. It was an alien idea to the world that a god would step out of heaven. That a god would come down to earth and meddle in men's affairs. I want you to know that through the ages the gods of this world have never gotten involved with their worshippers except to demand something of Him. But Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and he said to the of Athens, I perceive that all things that are too superstitious. I passed by and I beheld your devotions. And I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Him, him therefore he ignorantly worship, and I declare unto you, He's the God that made the world and all things therein. Oh, See that He is Lord of heaven and earth, He put up not in temple's maple hands, He is worship with men's hands, and so He neither can clean. See, he giveth to all life, and breath, and all things, and hath made of all, of one blood, all nations, of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, in the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find Him. Listen. Though he be not far from every one of you, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. It's true that we live and move and have being in him. Yes, he created us all in his image. Yes, we are his offspring. Yes, we live in a world that he created. But he's also accessible to us. We can't touch him. We can't reach him. We can't cry him. He does it to us. Amen. Psalmist David wrote and he said in Psalm 8.3, when I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. name, what well, is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? I'm going to tell you the God of Bethel is not out of touch for his creation. The God of Bethel will touch you. The God of Bethel will come down to meet you. The God of Bethel will run to your heart. Oh, Hebrews four fifteen says, "For we have not a high priest that cannot be easily touched with a feeling of our infirmities. Our God, the God of Bethel." is not just the God of creation sitting on the throne, disinterested in our lives. No! He's interested in your issues. He's in tune with your needs. He's in touch with the beings of your infirmities, And he's willing to walk in your midst to change your lives. Somebody give can And that is a belief that many today, even in the church, have espoused. That God got it started, but there's no miracles anymore. And there's no wonders anymore. And there's no signs anymore. And there's no way-making anymore. But your Bible gives us a very different take on it. Generations of sin in Israel had led the people of God to serve false idols. According to the biblical narrative of 1 Kings, Jezebel, along with her husband Ahab, instituted the worship of Baal and Ashtaroth on a national scale. If only they knew what this would cause to happen in their lives. For 22 years, Ahab, the Bible said, did that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. It was a light thing, the scripture says, just a trifle for him to send unto God. He served the Baal and he worshipped him. He built an altar to Baal and he set up a grove for false gods. And Elijah, the prophet of the Lord, was, was told, go to Ahab. And I want you to tell Ahab that for three years, there's not going to be any rain. Three years pass and behold, there's no rain. And after three years passed, God says to Ahab, or to Elijah, I want you to go and have a chat with Ahab and tell him three years are over and the rain is coming. And when Elijah comes to meet Ahab, he says, Are you the one that troubled Israel and man? Did the bird fly? Well, Elijah just let him have it. He ripped him up and now began to preach to him about all the evil things that they had done. Elijah knew it. The one that will step down the ladder come to he'll come from the heaven will come down from the celestial and he'll kiss church to speak to your knee, to speak to your master, to hear your eternity. I want you to know that God, God is here to answer
1: your prayer.
0: Amen. The God of
1: Heaven,
0: oh. but He's also the God of the Earth. Earth, little e. What are you? I've been saying that about you for years, said, oh, kids. We are dust. We are earth. Let it be done in earth. As it is in heaven. God is not just the God of the heavens. God's not just sitting on his throne, overseeing everything, kind of letting everything run into chaos. No, God will step right into the midst of your hope. He'll step right into the midst of your fire. He'll step right into the midst of your life. Right of your life. Yeah, whatever you need you have in your life, God will come down the ladder. It's your hour of most desperate need, and He will speak to it, and He'll minister it to it. The psalmist said, Though the Lord is high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. I want you to know he's a pinch in his attention is on you. His eye is watching you. As that old soul says, In my hour of struggle, so many times I've found, he's just as close up as the mention of his name. Just to breathe the name of Jesus, to turn everything around, he's just as close as. That's the mention of his name. God cares about your need. And he's available right now to hear your cry. He's not a far off, so he can't respond. But he's waiting for somebody to cry out to him and say, Lord, I need you. That's right. It's all right? Man, I can preach so to save my life. Gods of this world, they dwell far off from their creation and only come to earth to satisfy their own lusts and desires. But in the beginning, God never created it to be that way. He intended it to be that way. The book of Genesis gives us a view to the communion between God and His creation with In Genesis 3, it says, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And God was, he was sort of shocked they weren't there. Where are you? Which leads us to believe that this was something they did all the time. Walking with God in the garden in the cool of the day. God has always had a desire for communion with mankind. It's always desired to be in our midst. The Bible says that he walked with Enoch and that Enoch walked with him. He called Abraham by name out of Ur of the Chaldees and promised to make of him a nation. He visited Abraham's tent and shared his most intimate thoughts when he said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Has anybody, has God ever said that to you? I can't hide anything that I'm going to do from you, Abraham. He called Moses out of a burning bush on the backside of nowhere. And he called him into the mountain and spoke to him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. God has an intense desire to know his creation and for his creation to know him. The Hebrew word for know is yada, and it's, it's an intimate knowledge. It's a knowledge know, like a man has with his wife, a wife with her husband. It's an intimate knowledge, isn't it? You cannot be intimate with someone that you're not close to. To know somebody, you have to be near them. To You cannot truly know someone from a distance. You cannot have an intimate acquaintance with somebody that, that you don't get up nearby and get to know and roll elbows and shoulders. So time passes by, from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons.
1: Joseph goes
0: to Egypt and saves his family there. And there arose a day when Pharaoh rose over Egypt and knew Joseph, and taskmasters were placed over additional given through the a 100 years of history. And after 400 years of his captivity in a pursued him. And he was in the midst of the mountain to deliver the law to his people. And when this was all accomplished, and Israel came out by strong hand, he said unto Moses, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among you. Why? Because God wants to dwell in your midst. The God of Bethel is not a God that dwells in heaven, but he's a God that will step down into your midst and wants to dwell among you. Amen. Bye. I will dwell among the children of Israel and I will be their God and they shall know that I am Jehovah, Jehovah I am the Lord their God the Ford, that brought them forth out of the hand of Egypt and that I may dwell among them I am the Lord their God he said I am Jehovah I am the one that works in their midst and I am also the creator I'm your creator, I'm your God but I'm also the one that's committed to dwelling amongst you, to healing you to setting you free, to providing all of your needs, I wish somebody up. Understand today that God cares about you, that God's in the acquainted with your mess, that God's involved in your circumstance, in a good cry. He'll come down the ladder to meet you <clears throat> in your need. God of death, Bethel, dwells in your midst. In that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. My anger is turned away. Now come me. behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my soul. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, shall you say praise the Lord. Call upon his name, declare his of doings among the people, make mention his name, that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things, and this is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou in heaven of Zion. Listen, great is the Holy One of Israel. In the midst of thee. I need to tell somebody that God is in the midst. He's not on the outskirts. He's not sitting in his heaven watching you from above. No, 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 no. He's right in the midst of with you. I'm here to tell somebody this evening that God was right in the midst of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't watch for the celestial. The Bible said that there is a saw a great man, and he was like unto the Son of God. I believe that the Lord stepped in there and latched him out. Oh, Daniel was in the lion's den, but God was right in the midst of it with him. That David went into the valley of Elah, but God was right in the midst of it and caused that stone to find a small hole in Goliath's helmet and sent that big god to the ground. I want you to know Jesus was in the midst of the altar when they went through the stone. God is in your midst. He's not on the periphery. He's not on the outside looking in. But right now, He's on your pew. When you go to the doctor, He's in the next seat. When you're in the baker, He's right with you. When you're at a funeral, He's in the pew with you. Somebody needs to know that God is in your midst. Amen. That day shall be said, Jerusalem. Fear thou not uh, and desire that thy hands, uh, not not thy hands be slack, uh, why the Lord thy pot in the midst of thee is Mighty, he will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love and he will joy over thee with singing. That doesn't sound like a God that's a move. That doesn't sound like a God that's got his own thing going and it's not and just letting like the universe spin in its own course. No, no, no. The God of Bethel is near. The God of Bethel listening. The God of Bethel is here for you. Draw nigh to God today and he will draw nigh unto you. You're still, all right. You okay, You up? I ain't saying much. I'm worried about Say, Amen. Or, oh, me, say, Come God himself came down. God himself came down to deliver his people. Pravity, brokenness, sin, 3,000 years, 3,000 plus years of fallen creation, mankind never got any better. 3,000 years of law. In the histories of these nations and it becomes evident that there is no benevolence at all in their character. But God. The God of the Bible though is not like the gods of this world. For in that while we were yet sinners, the Bible said, Christ died. Isaiah 9 and 6 said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us the son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. promise was made to the people of Israel and indeed to all the world that there is coming a day when a Savior will come to you. Just over 700 years later, there was a young man named Joseph who was struggling with the fact that his betrothed wife was with child when God sent a messenger down the ladder. And while he thought on these things in Matthew 1, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the one. And she so shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. What I was Yet yeah, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save not somebody else's people, not his daddy's people, not God's people. He said shall say he is that singular possessor it's his people amen he will save his own people God has stepped out of the heavens and come down to earth to deliver his own people. It was about nine months later that the word of the Lord came to pass, and the heavenly host came and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm going to tell somebody tonight that heaven. Came down to touch earth. God loved mankind so much that he came down to earth himself. He got hold of that ladder, slid all the way down Amen. in the room of Mary, walked 33 and a half years in flesh, Be tempted in all ways, like as are we, yet without sin. He came to fix us that are broken, heal us that are sick, strengthen us that are weak, and give us hope of heaven so big. He didn't have to leave. He didn't have to come down to us. He wasn't at all obligated to lead in His splendor. No, He did it on His own. The Bible said He bore our griefs, and He carried our sorrows. Yet we did a him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. Somebody else did yeah. He. was was for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and when His stripes we are healed. If that isn't love, the ocean is dry. If that isn't love, There's no stars in the sky, and the sparrow can't fly in the heavens of myth. If that's not love, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe on Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Amen. Are you with me? For we were out yet were out strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man, someone even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The God of Bethel cared so much for you that he rolled himself in flesh and bore the nails and the scars and the cat of nine-tails. He bore that crown of horns. He bore being spit on and being cursed. He did that for you. He stepped out of the heavens so that what day he could go to heaven with you. That's the God of Bethel. Yeah. I'm almost done. I'm getting there. The the I've been going long. I'm sorry. Y'all wouldn't help me preach so much. I've been not only. I say you are the prophet. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord Jehovah hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the broken heart and proclaim liberty to the captains of the opening of the prison of the that of the He sent me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all that so mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, and to give them beauty for ashes. Behold, joyful mourning the cover of praise of the spirit of heaven, that they might be called. The Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. Hundreds of years passed. A free Israel had been in captivity of the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks and the Romans. Until one day the Bible said the Sabbath came and Jesus went to synagogue and grabbed the scroll. And he opened it up and he began to read those same scriptures from Isaiah. And when he was done, the people marveled at him. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said, I'm the fulfillment of what the prophet said when heaven will come down, when one will come down to touch you, when one will come down to heal you, when one will come down to supply your need. In another day that the God of heaven has stepped down into this place to heal you, to save you, to set you free, to give you peace, to give you comfort, to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's not just the God of heaven, but He's the God of all. Amen. The step stepped out of His glory to walk amongst us and to deliver His creation. He didn't send an emissary. He didn't say it's not worth my time. He didn't say I'll send somebody instead. He didn't say I'll take my son who's been born of me and I'll send him in my place. No, Paul said to Timothy in his letter, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. There's no controversy as to who God this God was. John one said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Listen, all things were made by him, For he's Elohim, he's the creator, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. But verse 14 said this and that word, that same creator, he stepped in the flesh and he dwelt among us. He came in our midst, he walked in our shoes, he suffered our afflictions, he went through the same problems, the same pain that we did, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the God, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Y'all ain't give it. John 1 says the same thing that Jacob saw. A God that created, a God that is in heaven, a God that has all power, but a God that will get on a ladder and walk down to you in your midnight hour. A God that will walk down into the midst of your netherworld. A God that will step in to minister. A God that cares. A God that delights in giving good things to his people. I wonder if anybody today would want to come to the God of Bethel. If there are anybody that's willing to run back to Bethel and get acquainted with a God that cares about your needs. Stand with me in this house tonight. He will save. He will deliver. He will set you free to the utmost.
1: It's
0: not far off. It's not far off being that's judging your life. It's sitting in front of thunderbolts. Casting judgment. Come to us. It's not some god that's disinterested in your need. That spirit comes to you in the midnight hour, saying God doesn't care. It's a lying spirit. That's okay for the religions of the world. It makes good for god. That's not what God is involved. It's good theater to see those gods of the ancient societies on the silver screen, gladly passing the time of mirth and merrymaking making. But your God is not letting time pass. He's involved like the careful craftsman of Jeremiah's day that brought a work of the potter's wheel. His hands are fully involved in your life. His feet are fully involved in the pillars. God is fully involved in your situation. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. And he has let us know that he's willing to step out of the heavens to meet us on the earth whenever we need him. I wonder if there's anybody here today that says, I need God. Amen. If you feel like you forgot who God really is, then remember Jacob when his life was a mess, a mingling of promise and failure. But when he needed God the most, at his lowest place, the God of Bethel stepped out and called on him to return. Genesis 31, 13, he said, I'm the God of Bethel, where thou anointest a pillar and where thou bowest to bow. Now arise and get me out of this land and return unto the land of the Go back to where you met me. Come on, if you're doubting that God will move for you. Go back to where he moved for you last time.
1: Go back to the place where you saw the
0: ladder. a city and be sitting for heaven and get reacquainted with for the God that cares. Come back to the place where you met me. These altars are open tonight. Whatever the need in your life is, the God of Bethel is here to help you. The God of heaven and earth has stepped down in this place to minister. I know we've already had some altar here tonight, but if you've got a need and have got what you wanted from the Lord, there's no better time than right now for you to find a place in this altar and to begin to seek the Lord while He may be found. The Lord is in this place. He'll touch your life. He'll change you to the othermost and you will seek Him. hallelujah
1: Thank you. Lord.